0: The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Darlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Hello everyone, welcome to Walk the Mile, and thank you again for listening. It's good to have you with us. Today, our guest is a parent from our school who is involved in what we call out-of-home care. I'm not gonna name her just for privacy reasons, but uh, I do appreciate her being with us. Thank you very much for being with us, parent. (laughs) No
1: problems, Gary, thanks for
0: having me. That's, That's fine, it's good to have you here. So can you tell me a little bit about how you're involved? in out-of-home care, or where where did this start, even?
1: Yeah, good question. Uh, We were actually talking about this recently as a family, looking at how long ago it was that we first started, and it was about 12 years ago that my partner and I first did training to be foster care parents. Right. And at the same time, we also trained to be adoptive parents because right. we were hoping very much to have a much larger family than what we had, which at that point in time was just the two of us. Uh, and throughout the course of, of those 12 years, uh, we, we've been very fortunate to have lots of different children come in and out of our lives, wow. either um, Short term, uh, respite, emergency care, and also our two very special own adoptive children as well too.
0: Wow! And what sort? When you talk about the training, what's involved in the training?
1: Well, way back then, (laughs) you were used to used to have to do a twelve week training program for both foster care and adoption. They were two separate ones. Now, thankfully, it's combined for a lot of different agencies. Uh, so you would go through the program and it would look at everything from your own background and value systems mm-hmm. through to looking at therapeutic parenting and what it means to actually parent a child that has been through trauma. Right. Wow. Uh, which I'm very grateful for yeah. now that it, yeah. we had that much training. We, we, we are very grateful for any training that we get. Yeah. Uh, And then you also went through, I think it was about 8 to 12 assessments where you and your partner and two case managers would basically go through all aspects of your life and present different scenarios to you to see how you would manage uh, in that sort of situation. And then, of course, you have to do all the police checks yeah, and yeah. references. And yeah. so it, it, it's quite an involved, as it should be, yeah. um, you know, process to go through.
0: Yeah. And in terms of the training, was there much to do with your own
1: childhood? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I can remember lots of questions about, you know, what what was nighttime like at, in your family? And right. you know, what was the dinner table like? uh all all these sorts of things and then of course they pose to us of course you know the kids that come to you probably have no concept of that yeah exactly may have been left to their own devices uh you know how how will you help them move into uh, a situation that's going to be so different uh, to their own and that would
0: have been pretty tough i guess having not sorry if this sounds rude or anything but having not parented before
1: absolutely like
0: it's, that's a massive like I'm being like I still don't know what I'm doing as a parent my kids are in their 30s but uh yeah it's a, it's a massive you know just remembering our first child and it's like what
1: no it's, what do I do here no it's huge I mean the one good thing about it is with foster care
0: you actually do get some training whereas if you're having a biological child you don't even get trained.
1: <laughs> <That's laughs> so this, this, this is useful um, but you know at that point in time my other half of myself whilst we had been involved a lot uh, with children and I, I'd been teaching for a long time right. Um, And my other half had certainly done, you know, a huge amount in learning and development and, you know, sport training and different things like that. But we'd never, ever had, you know, I'm an only child. I don't even have nieces or nephews. Uh, my other half does but he is much much younger than his uh, older brother and sister right, so right. we were quite removed in lots of ways yeah, um, right. from having you know, babies or anything around us let alone yeah, right. um, thrust upon us one night I can imagine <laughs>
0: how, how prepared did you feel?
1: <laughs> not at all and in fact in lots of ways we still don't feel very prepared <laughs> I can remember uh, the foster carers or rather just the carers that, that had our eldest adopted child before uh, they arrived with us and uh, that foster care mum actually said I'm still trying to get it right and that's actually why I foster I feel like I didn't get it right wow. with my own children and yeah, I'm right. going to you know keep learning yeah. and keep trying yeah. uh, and there is certainly you know a feeling that way and I guess Thinking about them, we were very fortunate that the first child that came to us was actually through local adoption and was actually our first uh, child. So we had, uh, I think it was five days with the carers that she had been with, uh, and they trained us up very, very quickly, and then we stuck to. The absolute letter of everything they said in terms of timing and so forth, because it was she was only six months at the time. Right. So, wow. Uh, we were fortunate that we started there rather than you know having a phone call saying, yeah. "Oh, here's a ten-year-old yes. who's yes. in out-of-home care. Can yeah. they come tonight?" So yeah. we were lucky in that way.
0: But you've had experience with older children, haven't you? Yes. Yes.
1: Um, and, and that look can all I mean having taught from preschool through year 12 you kind of have a bit of a sense of the diversity of children that can come your way Uh, and whilst teaching I certainly had had quite a lot of contact with some kids who were in foster care but again that's not 24-7 that's not as their carer Um, whilst you can become incredibly important to them it's something quite different. Uh, So having a little person or older person arrive on the doorstep Mm. after they've been removed from their family Mm. or perhaps come to you after, you know, several uh, families as foster families have fallen through for them. Yeah. uh, You're confronted with, you know, a lot. Yeah, for sure. To begin with.
0: I was thinking that, you know, there's a lot. It's not, it's not just the child, is it? It's their, their history and their, you know, their, their story. Mm. And I'm guessing you've probably been confronted with pretty, some pretty horrible stories, some pretty sad stories.
1: Yes, definitely. And it, it's, you know, it, it just breaks your heart when you are on the telephone and, and you've got a case manager saying, can you take this person tonight, this child tonight? And sometimes they know nothing, mm. and then other times they will know quite a bit of uh, traumatic information. Yeah. Uh, and either way, it, it's it's tricky because, of course, some things can come out the longer the child's with yeah, you, yeah. and then some things or well, some things are obvious when you open the door and see them yeah. uh, that there, there may have been some physical abuse.
0: Yeah, it's it's very sad, isn't it? It is. How do you, how do you deal with that then because I guess you would see that either tell, as you said, you know, the kids might start telling you a story, or might reveal something to you, or it might be behavioural, you you notice something. What, yeah, how do you deal with that? What, have you got sort of processes in mind or just for your personal self? Because I can imagine it would be quite taxing at the same time.
1: It is, but because you have this little person in front of you 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 obviously are feeling so much for them and want to help them and somehow or another quite often the kids help you as you're trying to help them break it down into just tiny right. little minute by minute things wow. so for example recently we've had quite a few little ones and um, we we work through the Anglicare agency, and they they quite often try to, um, you know, we try to have kids who are actually younger than our own, so we don't upset the hierarchy. So we sure. have two adopted children, so we we tend to do a, a lot of toddlers at the moment, and our, a little toddler came recently with quite a lot of uh, bruising, mm-hmm. and she she would continue to show it to us. And all she wanted was a Band-Aid. And even though the Band-Aid obviously yeah, couldn't do anything, yeah, yeah. She, she just wanted you to see them and acknowledge yeah. them and care for them. And sometimes she'd want cuddles, and then other times you, you could just see the trauma in her and she, she just couldn't mm. sort of handle any sort of contact. Or uh, you, know, she, you just need to try and create some quiet space, I guess, for her. So, yes, you get a bit angry at the world, you know, later on in the night and those sorts of things. But we're also, I guess, very fortunate that um, we both work really well together with the Mm. kids, so Mm. you can give each other a bit of time out if you need. But also, very fortunate that with Anglicare, the case managers are just phenomenal. You only have to ring and say, Oh, this has come up, yeah. and then they'll, you know, you're in your inbox or over the phone or whatever, there'll be you know, 12 different ideas to oh, try.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, no, so yeah. it's well supported. I mean, it's not like here's the kid on your doorstep and see you later.
1: Yeah, it, it's there's always somebody else that you can call, and we've been part of that community for a length of time now, so we have a lot of friends who are also foster carers, right. and we can ring them.
0: Oh, and obviously wow. we,
1: we were also really close to the carers who initially looked after our wow. two adopted yeah, children right. as well so that brings a lot of support wow that's amazing
0: so you make connections with other foster carers yes and and how does how do those networks build is there meetings for for those networks of people or is it just through it's similar
1: a bit of everything, experience bit of everything it uh there's a lot of us that go and assist with the training now for foster right. carers and adoptive pre-adoptive parents uh and you know we'll share our stories and of course we learn from each other yeah. uh there are a variety of different meetups where you can actually even take the kids who are with you at that time right um, for our own children, there's actually camps and things that they can go on, which are wonderful. So they get to talk to right. other kids who you know have foster care kids yeah. at home. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's so many different courses. We, in the 13 years that we've sort of been part of it, the changes and the support is just you know, it's it's so much so different because I guess adoption's become a lot more open yeah there's been a lot more pathways from foster care into adoption opening as well too so through all of that happening a lot more has been made public so there's a lot more training and there's a lot more you know out there to try and get people to think about potentially well what could I do
0: yeah why do you think that is because the old model of um you know I used to work in a I worked in a children's home and i also worked in a youth refuge but there's hardly any of those around these days yes and so i guess from what you're saying is that foster care or out of home care is is, has been encouraged more is that would would that be right is that what you're saying
1: definitely definitely and I, i i think you know when i go to the training now to to share some of our stories there's 30 couples in the room and there's single people as well in the room and yeah. there's just um you know people who are in their early 20s and then there's people who actually have their own grandchildren but mm. now would like to open their home up mm. and all of that has changed and yeah. there's at least even just with the Anglicare we're attached to you know up to eight trainings a year wow. so there's Whereas you know, when my partner and I went through it, there was like one a year, yeah, and really? you had to wait for it to come round right. to wow. to you know. So
0: there's a lot more people interested. There's a lot
1: more people interested. I think there's a lot more if you can use the word publicity around yeah. how you might be able to assist. Yeah, you don't have to feel locked into being a permanent foster care right. family. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, because adoption became open as well too that we hear a lot more about people's journey through either foster care or mm, adoption as mm. well so I think we're a lot more aware
0: that's great isn't it I mean and I guess it takes away from that uh, institutionalised idea of you know like I was saying the children's homes and the, the youth refuges and
1: yes yeah
0: And I remember, you know, when I was working in those places, how that also, them being in those places, created a certain identity for those kids, which wasn't always good.
1: No, absolutely. And look, there's still not enough foster care families to Mm. go around. Mm. So there unfortunately are still sometimes just hotels that have a case manager and kids. we, We had one child who was only five who'd been in one of these hotels where... There was, I think, at least thirty children who were wow. in out of home care who didn't wow. have a placement. Mm. Uh, so there, there's certainly, you know, still the desperate need and many many kids in out of home care. Yeah. But yes, you don't have quite the old school sort of view of it, and I, yeah. I think that hopefully that's taking some of the stigma away yeah. uh, as well too.
0: For sure, and. Correct me if I'm wrong, are you, I think you've told me that you were part of the board now or something where you, uh, you, you said, as you said, you do the training, but you, you have some role in determining whether people are, um, what's the word? <laughs> able to be what's well, not able you
1: know. <laughs> i i know <laughs> competent. Uh, competent yes the right the right choice those sorts of things no not not really a specific role other than i am uh we are both part of the the training network right. and the support network okay. uh for people uh, and of course Thankfully, lots of our friends who then become interested in being foster carers yeah, you know, right. definitely go with our, our recommendations yeah, and, and so yeah. forth and Things like that when they when you've been a bit connected and around a family that does it can help fast track yeah, your own sure. experience into it as well
0: How do you cope with the kids who you've looked after for a certain amount of time and then they move on for whatever reason to another family or they grow up or whatever How do you cope with that? Because I can imagine that would be quite hard as well.
1: Yes, and this is the question we get asked most. Like most people are like, how can you do that? Because Mm. you're giving up kids. Mm. Uh, And it is. It's awful. It's Mm. really hard and you grieve when they go. But, and, and it was, I guess it was the biggest concern for us too with our own two, was like, would this just be too hard? But actually, I think, because we spend so much time focusing on how much love can we give to this little person mm. in the short time that they're there, yeah. and let's make sure they leave having had a much better experience, like a, a really valuable experience, yeah. so that we remember all the kids and we talk about them, particularly when I'm dropping dropping my own two off to school, that every so often they'll say, oh, do you remember so-and-so? Wow. They used to love this song, or they used wow. to do whatever. Wow, isn't that Lovely. And both of them do a huge amount of fundraising for Anglicare and send things all the time because I think they get terribly affected by a little person turning up with a garbage bag with pyjamas in it and that's it. So they're they're like, they don't have a toothbrush, they don't have clothes that fit them or someone turned up recently with a laundry basket but none of the clothes in it were theirs. They yeah, were other cheers. family members. So oh, they've got boy. nothing. Yeah. Now, my kids have a lot. <laughs> yeah. So they are now very conscious of, of wanting to pass it on. And I think that means we're still connected. Yeah. Uh, and for some of the, the kids that were with us for a bit longer, we still uh, are connected to them through letters and photos and, and say, things. Yeah,
0: have continuing contact. Yeah.
1: And then there are some other kids that, that obviously need to kind of finish with us because yeah. of course they find it hard to move on as well and we need to give them time with the new family they've mm. moved to
0: under what sort of circumstances would they so for instance someone would say get a call from Anglican, and say we've got this three-year-old that needs somewhere and then you might only have them for a certain short-term mm-hmm. amount of time what sort of circumstance would have them going somewhere else
1: Well there's a a couple of different things that can happen. Uh, Sometimes the family that they've been removed from there might just be someone who's unwell so it might just mean a period of time to allow them to regain health. Sure. Um, Other times they might just be with us until they can find kin for them to, to move to and right. that the kin goes through the assessment process because even if you're related, you still need to go through some sort of assessment process. Yeah. Other times, it's just quite simply because now we are short-term carers. Yeah. We, we don't, in short term, as I, as I mentioned before, can actually be a long time, <laughs> um, but it, it should usually have some sort of end point and right. that might then mean they move to their forever family.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, like so an adoptive family,
1: or or just simply their... permanent care. Okay. So some kids can just be permanent, um, in like the sense that they're yeah, permanent foster kids. Yeah, yeah. that they they still will have contact with their birth family, uh, but they can no longer live with them.
0: Mm. How often do you see, or do you ever see, kids returning to their birth families?
1: It happens more now because there's a lot more support for birth families Mm -hmm. as well. And I think that, you know, there's greater empathy and there's greater support for the training that's then available for birth families. So there's definitely a focus on restoration. That is first and foremost what's happening. So, for example, the little person we have with us at the moment still has uh, contact quite a few times during the week and during that time they are actually assessing well when might this child be able to go back right um is it soon or right. do the parents need more support yeah. and the child needs a bit more time away yeah. so
0: and under any circumstance do you ever meet the birth family
1: yes yes yeah, sometimes um Sometimes we might have to take the child to them. Usually there's a, a department uh, person there as mm-hmm. well or their Anglican case manager, depending on it. We kind of get involved in all of the, the different NGOs mm-hmm. uh, where the children come from and, and the Department of Communities and Justice. Uh, but not, not quite as often as I've heard people used to in, in the past. So they tend to i guess keep us a little bit separate we we certainly send photos Mm. we we try to get the little ones to do some painting and different things to take to mum dad siblings sometimes grandparents so that there's something for them to talk about as well because that can obviously be really difficult after you've been removed to then have those contact visits as well yeah
0: sure it sounds like you know with your own home it sounds like it's to have these kids come through and your own children, it's, it's a very normal environment for them. They know that this is how you operate and how your family operates, which is lovely, you know, showing that generosity and that welcoming. Do you, do you think, do you ever feel like your kids, um, and it's probably just coming from a personal <laughs> point of view, because I know, you know, we've had people live with us over the years. And not from fo- not in a foster situation, but, you know, other unfortunate situations. And it's only now, as my kids have got older, um, I think they've expressed how there were times which were difficult. Of course. Yeah, just... And it's interesting what you're saying, you know, giving that love to this kid. And you want to, because you can see how little they've got, or love to this person, because you can can see their circumstance or what they're going through and what they need in that moment it's, it's pretty obvious but my kids have sort of reflected on it sometimes and said you know we felt like we missed out a bit here or there do you ever pick that up from your children at all
1: in different ways that I mean they, they if we're in the car going home from school and they see on the dash that Anglicare is calling, they're yes. like, "Yes, yes, yes!" before I've even answered the <laughs> no, <it's> phone, nice. <laughs> which is it's wonderful. Great. Yeah. Uh, but you, you as their yeah. parents, you obviously have to appreciate well what's happening at the moment. Yeah. When might not be a particularly good time, or yeah. you know, even just for us, it's not a great time yeah. at the moment. So you have to be really honest. And then, you, yes. We, it's just like, you know, if a new baby came home yeah. into your family, you, you still have to make sure everyone's getting yeah. time with you.
0: Which is difficult, isn't it? It it's is. difficult to, to navigate that, yes. I think.
1: Yeah, so we, and there's some kids that obviously the trauma comes out a lot at night. Uh, yeah, so they'll right. be really loud and difficult to put to sleep and my youngest at times then wants to protect me from all that noise or, or then yeah. wants me more. Yeah. So we yeah. then end up with... Was one situation it was quite funny. We, we, we had you know, him in the bed, we had the little one crawling in and she oh, yeah. was desperate to bring the only bag that she had uh, in with her uh, as well too. Geez. And then, I mean, and if, if that had gone on for too long and mm. my youngest was becoming more distressed, then obviously we would need to say, look, yeah. this actually really isn't working. Yeah. Uh, you know, what can we do? And they, we would get some suggestions to try and make it work. Or if it really just wasn't working for anyone, it's mm. obviously not good for the child that's yeah. coming to our home either. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah you, we, we're very mindful but first and foremost our kids come first mm. and if it's not the right time we won't do it Yeah, uh, we will try really hard to make a good call before a child comes to join us yeah. but if it's ever just not been quite right or we don't feel like we've got the right skills then we'll be honest then too
0: mm, yeah good on you because yeah it's I mean I can see it's, it's it's very obvious that you have this great heart for people and for little kids and that love to give i I really love what you said before about you know you've got this love to give to this person you can see that they they need that um but sometimes I, i i you know i'm not saying this is you at all but i know that you know in retrospect i look back and i think yeah reaching out these people was good but then could i have considered other things as I, as I approach this, as I walk into this. Of
1: course. Yeah, we, we say a lot, well, that was a mistake.
0: <laughs> let's
1: try something else. Or, you know, you, you get to the weekend and you realise, okay, uh, if we've got a little person, I'll hang here. And, you know, mm. Dad, you go out and spend lots of time with our kids and mm. let's have a bit of a break from mm. each other yeah. or... You, know, you you can even we can reach out to the other foster carers into Anglicare and they'll say oh we'll, we'll take whoever you've got yeah. for the weekend and you yeah. can just be back to being a regular family yeah. oh, That's great but, but most of the time they're giving us lots of love back yeah, as well for I mean, sure We get lots and lots of cuddles in our house endlessly <laughs>
0: But it is it's, it's, it's tuning into that you know that deep human need and particularly with the kids. You know the, that sense of just as you were talking it made me think about the times when we used to go to Uganda when we had the schools in Uganda one of the things we used to do when we took our students over there is we would go and visit this orphanage they they still do have orphanages over there of course yes and a lot of neglected children uh, and you'd walk into this orphanage and I might have told this on another podcast <laughs> story because I remember someone I spoke to who came on one of these trips and you'd walk in to this large area outside, and these kids would be coming up to you like little puppies. And you'd, and you'd just be holding three or four kids, and that's what they wanted just to be held, you know. Mm. And that was like that, that need just for that connection. That human. And another time, I remember we went to this church service one day, it was in this massive tent. You know, probably about a thousand people there, and then right at the end of the service, all the men disappeared. And I, I was looking around, I was thinking this is a bit weird. I feel like I'm the only man here. And I said to I said to someone, you know, where did all the men go? I thinking there's got a men's meeting or something was on. And they were going out to the villages, to the children who didn't have fathers, and yes. they'd spend the afternoon with these children, being fathers for the afternoon. And this is what you're doing, isn't it, really? In the end, a lot of what you're doing is this. You're making that connection that kids so need. Uh.
1: Yeah, and I think part of that comes from... I can remember when I was teaching in my first couple of years and somebody came out to talk to us on a professional development day and said how important it is for kids to feel safe, valued and listened to. That has always struck me. I mm. thought that's not just kids; that's mm. everybody. Everyone, that's right. And you may not get all three of them right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but if I can do something in there, yeah. that helps this little person. Yeah,
0: good on you.
1: Uh, then, then that's really you know amazing. But and we, we certainly get what you were just saying there about you've suddenly got these kids running up hugging you. Yeah. I can remember the first foster child we we had. Uh, and our own little one was at preschool so they'd arranged for the foster child to come during the day whilst she was away and uh, she just the little foster child just raced through the front door and called me mum straight away And I, I was like, you know, you had all these preconceived ideas about yeah. what I might need to do and yeah. I might need to be careful not to rush her and all this sort of stuff. But no, I'm texting my other half going, well, you're going to be dad as soon as you come home. my like, yeah, you you do that's time. right. <laughs>
0: yeah. How, what's that like? Like do you, to these foster kids, do you feel like the parent or do you feel like you're something else?
1: We're always very respectful of the fact that we're kind of in partnership with mm. their own birth family, right? And even with our own adoptive children, we still very much consider their birth family part of our family because they are. Yeah. Um, so, you, I, I think in the back of your mind, with our short-term and respite placements, you're mindful of the fact that they will be moving on, and that. They are going to see their birth family usually quite often during mm. their time with you, so you you just again you you take it from them. So quite often the little ones just just want you to be mum and dad, and just want you yeah. you know to be absolutely everything. Yeah. But you still talk about their yeah. birth family to them, so they're you're just mum and mum. So yeah. um, or you might call yourself uh, mummy first name or whatever, uh, but. Yeah, you you have to take it from them, but then still have in your mind that yes, I am not your birth family. No. Mm. We we are here and we're absolutely here for you as a family at the moment. Yeah. But we have the you know we are completely respectful of yeah. your heritage and where you come from.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that isn't it like that whole idea. Well, a couple of things you said before, you know, just wanting to be valued. Listen to and safe, those three things. And I think it's, yeah, I think now, and like in the work that I do, I, I agree totally. You know, if I'm talking to someone, and someone comes in, and you saw that person who came in this afternoon before you arrived, and there was no advice I could give to them at all, really, even though they were sort of seeking advice. But what you can provide is that that safety and that assurance that they are, they are of value yes. and that they're, they're heard, yes. you know, those three things. But also that idea um, about the parent and even, I was saying this to someone recently, even in the worst circumstances, you know, some, I've spoken to people whose parents um, were quite abusive, or are in prison or a whole range of things but those parents that's still mum or yes. still dad and and there's something almost for the child and for the parent uh, I don't know it's sort of, you can't explain what it is that connection absolutely and that that love we might not you know for some people it might not look loving yes but there is that connection there
1: yes yeah Yeah, definitely we've had little ones that have gone off to contact at a prison uh, and you know they get excited to go and see mum or dad Yeah. and if they're a bit older they might come back and sort of ask some questions about it and you know we we never have much of a story but they are very accepting of the fact that quite often and we're not placing a judgement here but that their parents there because they were trying so hard to do the right thing yeah. for their child, yeah. and they felt that that was the only option. Yeah. Uh, so the the right. the child can often feel a connection, you know, yeah. through that uh, yeah. as well right. too.
0: And it means something that mum and dad, and maybe that's the that has some bearing on. On your role too, and the the part the part that you play in all of this as, as foster parents is that, like I we was saying before, you you are playing mum and dad, mm. knowing that you're not mum and dad.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: But for some, for, for that child, she, they, he, she needs some sort of figure, some sort of mum and dad figure in their life at that moment.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah definitely. And I, and I think that, you know, it's, it's still really amazing and cool when a little person calls you mum and dad, yeah. even though <laughs> that's, yeah. that's really not your role. Yeah. And uh, our two get very excited uh, when they hear the little ones say that as well too. They'll always be calling out. And, yeah. and you know, we appreciate. Some of them come with such a language that, of course, they're just going to call us what they hear our own two saying. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's special that you, you have the opportunity yeah. to have that role, even That's if right. it is only for one night or a weekend yeah, or something.
0: You? Do you ever see yourself tiring out from this? Because it, you know, some of the stories you've been talking about, I can't imagine having toddlers all,
1: all the time, yeah, I know, all
0: over again. <laughs> and then <laughs> just when you were talking about proposing no, nappies, I don't want to do nappies again.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, the, the the babies sometimes feel a bit easier than the the, the toddlers, um, and it and it is a bit funny because everyone seems to give us a lot of empathy when they they see us walking around with toddlers again. Uh, but and yeah, for sure. Look, there, there's times our life's pretty chaotic normally anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes you you just not going to have the stamina to run around. Mm. I mean, part of the reason that we had to look at foster care too was that by the time we were looking to adopt, we were almost about to age out. We were almost Mm. about to hit the expiry date because of our age. Uh, So that's why we actually decided to to train in both areas to begin with. Uh, So, yes, uh, we appreciate now that, you know, the rule for adoption is that if you're 65 At the time the child turns eighteen, that's okay. But after that, (laughs) you have to adopt them at a much older age, so that you you can't be older than sixty five at the time that they're eighteen. And I get that. Yeah, yeah, I get that too. (laughs) My knees, my back, everything gets that. (laughs) That's what I think.
0: You know, I see some older parents like. With, with younger children, I think there's no way that,
1: yeah. It, it, it's hard. I yeah. mean, it, it's not just the, oh, you're so and so's grandparent, and you're like, yeah, I'm sorry, this is my child, <laughs> <laughs> which we get a lot, and that's okay, but, you know, the physical issues uh, are definitely yeah. there although i mean there, there's some foster care mums and dads that we're good mates with who just have the babies from the hospital wow. and they've had hundreds Yeah, right. and they're in their you know 70s it's
0: amazing isn't uh, it it's amazing it is
1: and when you meet them you're just like yes i like, Looked after by
0: you. Yeah, it takes a special person, don't you think? Oh, definitely. I think you're a special person. Uh, Oh,
1: yeah, but we're not. We're not. We're not doing, you know, newborn after newborn after newborn like these guys are. Or, I, I think the thing that feels most special to us often is our, our little boy, uh, when his carers, when we met them and met him for the first time, they have five children of their own. Right uh her uh, father lives with them at that time they also had a gentleman from church who didn't have anywhere to go who was quite unwell Mm. they had a teenage foster child as well and a toddler foster child and i think they may have had somebody else who was having a bit of difficulty Mm. there as well Mm. now we couldn't do that (laughs) no
0: but it is incredible and i wonder if that's part of our culture too like as you said, you know, we're looking for more foster carers. And again, going back to Africa and Uganda, uh, I remember we went and stayed with one of the kids that was being sponsored to here for, for school. And there was a, we'd go off and stay in different villages in, the, in their places. And this house that we went to, they built us a toilet. They didn't have a toilet. They knew we were coming. They built us a toilet and a shower. And they had 13 kids Living with them because the father's brother and his sister in law had died from AIDS and so he took on their kids. And then the wife's, um, you know, cousin or someone's kids, the cousin had died and so she took on their kids. And they had 13 kids in a room about this size, which no one can see this room, but it's not very big. Yes. One bed. Yes. You know they were all sort of lying across the bed to sleep on but that's just what you did absolutely now i don't know if our culture necessarily thinks like that no no But we have so much
1: that yeah it it's crazy i mean we know the saying you know it takes a village to raise a child mm. uh and you know here in Sydney that village just usually means school and you know for us definitely here it's very much the the teachers that mm. you know encourage and develop our, our children just so beautifully and and are very much on their team all the time but we we, we don't have mm. the same sort of even just extended families that we are used to yeah. uh, you know even when I was growing up you know my auntie lived with us for a while and my grandparents lived yeah. with us for a while yeah. well mm, it's quite rare to have
0: yeah.
1: extra family in the house.
0: Yeah, it's it's a shame, isn't it? We've it sort is. of been turned away from that. Definitely. And life life's almost been constructed in a way so that you can't. Well, you can do it still, but you know, it's made, it's made it more difficult to do it, I guess.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I, and I think going back to that question you asked before about you know how do we cope when they when they have to leave us? Mm. It, it's. I think it's just very human to then remember all the good times. Yeah. You know, we may have gone through weeks with them of not getting any sleep, uh, but <laughs> we'll forget that yes. because we'll then remember, oh, yeah. the first time we took them swimming. Or wow. you know, my kids will remember, oh, do you remember we taught that one how to ride a bike?
0: Isn't that special? Or, That's amazing, yeah.
1: And you, you just hang yeah, it's on so to significant. that.
0: incredibly significant.
1: And even if we do stop doing it at some point, mm. Um, I know my kids will still remember that yeah, yeah. and that will still be a very very important part of who they are and the way they engage with other people and I can just see you know, even in their very young uh, minds presently that they do have a different respect for people who are doing it tough.
0: That's great, isn't it? Yeah, and I I know you've shared some of those stories with you about your daughter and some of the things that she's done, which have been fantastic. Yeah, no, it's a great thing you're doing. I really appreciate you sharing all of that. No, thank you,
1: and and hopefully we might encourage some other people yeah, yeah, to consider no, <laughs> foster care.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, it's a great thing, and it's definitely made me think about it as well. You know, we've had our kids, and we've had our people living with this but yeah i think it's
1: you're allowed to enjoy a break for a while though, too. <laughs> i think that's important <laughs> no but i think it's a good thing you know sometimes
0: people and you might get this too people might say to you oh you know you're you're a saint or you're so good for doing this but it's not it's not that it's is it it's mm. not it's not about being good it's just about I don't know. It's, there's and, and you get something out of it too. Yes, you learn absolutely. a lot from it, and there's a lot to be gained from it. But it, it's almost like how could you, how could you not? Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. That's often the 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 phrase that that we both use is that once once you've you know had the first foster child there and and. Sometimes it can be you know, just one afternoon mm. that the little person might just need to be with you or might just need a lift from one spot to another mm. or mm. some of the older ones just need someone to help them advocate a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But once you get into that, you, you you feel like okay, yeah, this is it. You've got yeah. us now. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're in here, and and it's, it's and this is life. That's you know, right. This is how it is? It, absolutely. And you do. You have lots of other people going. Oh, I just I just couldn't do it. Or you're amazing. And it's like yeah, no, no, we're not. No, we get it wrong. Just, we yeah. you know. But on the whole, it has really brought something done. special uh, yeah. to our lives yeah. that Good we're very you. grateful for.
0: Good on you. And I'm grateful for you sharing that and being so honest about it all (laughs) so thank you very much thank you and thank you everyone for listening and I hope that you uh, enjoyed that conversation as much as I did and if you have any questions or feedback uh, you know and some of the things we talked about might have moved something in you as well and if you want to talk about those things that'll be fine I'm happy to talk about those things too but again thank you and I hope you're all well and I look forward to seeing you around and take care see you later